0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.
1: Saturday, October 1st, 2022. I'm Kevin Cork. Without question, inflation is soaring. But with the Fed hinting at multiple rate hikes in the coming months, there are new concerns that the U.S. economy could actually go from bad to worse.
0: Interest rates are going up because inflation has gone absolutely crazy. And the Federal Reserve, this is our central bank, says we have got to tamp down inflation, even if it means risking tipping the economy into a, hopefully just a mild recession. I'm Ryan Schmelz. Hispanic voters expect
2: to play a big role in the upcoming midterm elections with more voters and candidates than ever before. But while the majority usually votes Democrat, Republicans have seen some gains in recent election cycles. Can the party maintain the momentum?
3: The more and more that the Democratic Party uh, is willing to engage and adopt the ideas of socialism, the more and more you're going to see voters who understand socialism through a far different lens turn to the Republican Party for a different point of view.
1: This is the Fox News Rundown from Washington. Food prices, gas prices and soaring interest rates. An economic witch's brew of political turmoil for Democrats just ahead of the midterm elections. But beyond the headlines, the news may not be all bad, says Liz Klayman of Fox Business.
0: We continue to see lots of jobs available for anyone who wants to work. That's really important because as you broaden the aperture here and you look at the entire mosaic, so where are the dark clouds? The dark clouds are very much what you're starting to hear from different corporations and different sectors, really, Kevin. Number one If you really look at the picture of labor, a lot of companies are slowing down hiring, freezing hiring, or even worse, laying off. And then there's this weird component that we've started to see in Silicon Valley. They are rescinding job offers. Okay, that just makes me completely panicked because that means that they do not foresee at least stronger times in the short term. But I don't want this to be all doom and gloom. The fact is interest rates are going up because inflation has gone absolutely crazy. And the Federal Reserve, this is our central bank, says we have got to tamp down inflation, even if it means risking tipping the economy into hopefully just a mild recession.
1: Let me ask you about that. We talk about interest rates that has effects all across the economy i'm of course immediately focused on housing Mm -hmm. what happens there if interest rates i I grant you by the way six percent historically speaking is pretty decent frankly i remember back in the day when eight percent was the norm and nine percent and if you want to go back to the carter years i think it may have been up around 17 or 18 (laughs) percent but i'm just curious If if things keep going, I think people tend to hold on to their purse strings a little tighter. Is that wrong?
0: Well, no, you're not wrong. But can I just say people are spoiled. You just brought up a perfect point. I mean, During the Reagan years when we had stagflation, a stagnant economy, no jobs and very high inflation, it was 17, 18 percent. And people thought that they got a great deal if they got a mortgage at 16 percent. I mean, we can't even wrap our minds around that. There's been an entire generation of people who's never known anything but sub-5% mortgage rates. The point being, and this is a headline that will really resonate with a lot of the listeners here. Fox has been talking about this in my show, particularly on Fox Business. Something has to give. People cannot afford housing. In the last 18 months, because borrowing rates were so unbelievably cheap— right? The Fed kept rates at zero to a quarter of percent, and then that translates to much lower mortgage rates. The price of housing jumped, I mean, this is, wrap your mind around this, 70% over the past wow. couple of years. And so you can't look at this and say that's a great thing, because there is a whole gigantic group of Americans who can't afford to pay a mortgage to buy a home or rents have gone crazy. Now that's part of the inflation picture. So the Federal Reserve says, you know what? we got to figure this out now. We do not want entire generations of people who can't afford even a tiny little house. That's just not cool. So if they pay a little more in the mortgage, but they still have jobs, that's enough of a compromise for the Fed. But listen, the Federal Reserve, and this is crucial, I'm going to try and make this super easy for people to understand. This crew, under normal circumstances, is not, as my trader friend Sarge Guilfoyle likes to say, the Paris Island Marines, meaning they're marching in lockstep. They all have different opinions. Some have been so-called doves, where they think, keep your hands off rates, keep them low. Others have been hawks, which means they say aggressive rate hikes to tamp down inflation. Guess what, Kevin? They are all hawks at the moment. Every single one of them has come out lately and said, "Uh, sorry, we have to continue hiking interest rates to cool down demand, which will then cool off inflation. And what would you rather have? Lower food prices... And lower gasoline prices or not a recession. Okay, recessions are quite normal every several years. And so therefore, okay, some are deep and some are horrific, like the financial crisis and the post-recession there, called it the Great Recession. And some last only a short time. The Fed believes that they can tamp down inflation. And yes, if it tips into recession, which is called a so-called hard landing, then so be it for a couple of months, hopefully a short, attenuated one.
1: You know, there's a lot to unpack there, but I, I think I would just pluck one thing. Uh, we talked about basis points at the outset of our conversation, and I know you're, uh, I think of you as the great Do You understand these things?
0: <laughs> oh, my wonderful God. Can I use no- that? I'm going to tell my whole family that and say, well, Kevin said I was the great Kreskin. <laughs> Perhaps there's
1: some magic there. You can make a great prediction. Uh Look, I'm I'm guessing three quarters again and again and again, maybe before the end of the year. Do you care to take a swing at
0: that? OK, don't believe the millions of market and Wall Street pundits who, by the way, just a few months ago were all over the map. The Fed has been very, very clear. They will continue raising rates and predictions. And I listen to I tune out most people and then I pick a few really smart voices whom I respect At least three more rate hikes or tightening of interest rates, Uh, maybe one more 75 basis point and then a couple of 50 basis point, meaning half a percent or three quarters of a percent. That's what the fancy, um, you know, definition of a basis point is there. Uh, Yeah, I'd say a couple of more because we are not close to tamping down inflation kevin you know you're paying less for gasoline certainly less than what we saw at the start of uh, russia's invasion of ukraine but we are still higher on prices if you look rewind past that right so we're we're still paying higher prices than we were call it a year ago so we need to get that down a lot of that is supply demand etc and right now supply is crimped a bit obviously because of the russia situation uh food prices hello, why am I paying $9 for the jar of peanut butter? Okay, I'm fancy. I like the organic peanut butter, but why is that $9 <laughs> when it used to be six? I mean, that's just ridiculous. And we need to see those prices come down. What you don't want to see is companies, whether it's retailers or electronics companies say, you know what, we really kind of like these higher prices even if inflation starts to come down because it means people will get used to it. No, 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 we do not want that. We don't want to get used to higher prices. The Fed has said, beware of that.
1: Especially when it comes to the cost of energy. I I talk to people, all my neighbors and friends and family, and Mm -hmm. say what you will about the, the, as you point out, the decrease in prices compared to the highs, but it is still extraordinarily high compared to uh, where it was just a few years ago. And I really believe, Liz, that's going to be the issue uh, for voters uh, in the upcoming midterms, if I could get you to prognosticate what the economy might portend for the election broadly, mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. particular for the Democrats, and, and listen, they can point to some victories too. They can say, "Hey, listen, gas prices are down consistently over the last 50 days." Da, 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 da. But the truth is, when prices are high. The buck stops with the coach on the sideline, and you can make a million reasons and excuses for why you're down 28 to 3 at halftime, but trust me, the fans will boo, and that could play out at the ballot box. Your take.
0: Okay. Uh, The economy... Remember the old it's the economy, stupid people vote their wallets in many, 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 many elections. We have seen this. What I think is a really crucial distinction is that the labor market remains resilient despite the rising headwinds from the Federal Reserve's interest rate increases and uh, obviously all of this inflation. You have a real problem when people don't have a job. Okay, then they don't they're not happy. I mean, that is uh, obviously what happened when President Obama became president. Uh, You know, you did not have a solution from the Republicans at the time. This, of course, could uh, work in the opposite direction if people feel that this is somehow all Biden's fault, which it's not. Because if you look at all the countries, developed countries, in some cases, their inflation rates are higher. But the U.S. is, is still pretty much up there. So, hello, we're waiting for the Fed to kick in. I think what people are going to look at when they go to the polls is my wages. Are my wages going up? Which they are. However, they're not rising as fast as inflation. But inflation is starting very slowly to come down. I wouldn't say it's it's contracting. We don't have deflation. We have what's called disinflation. New word, everybody, disinflation. It's the slowing down of inflation. So we have that right now. And I think people are looking in their wallets and saying, well, is my job secure? And if it is, one thing we have seen is that finally workers hold the leash, right? For a long time, they had no pricing power, but wages have been going up. That is tough for some corporations. But, you know, as Warren Buffett likes to say, corporations are making enough money. Okay, they're they're really doing just fine. And therefore... You know, you look at the Amazon situation. What you don't want is a company like Amazon, which pays little to no federal income tax. Okay, great. They're not they're not breaking the law by doing that. They're working the system. But then you have their employees at the lowest level, you know, the drivers who can't go to the bathroom because they're not allowed to take a long enough break. You know, that's when the unions start to circle. And that is not a workers or a union fault. That is Amazon's fault for not raising wages and hearing workers. And finally, that's what you start to see with the caterpillars of the world or the Fords of the world where they are raising their wages for people. So if people feel that they have a job, their wages are pretty strong. Everybody always wants more. Right. But they're they're holding. They're not getting their wages cut. And then they have to pay a little bit more. They want to see inflation come down. It'll be a toss up. How's that for taking a stand, Kevin?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would call that a home run. I always feel smarter after we speak. And I can't thank you enough, Liz. Have a wonderful day.
0: You too. Okay, you can call me Kreskin from now on.
3: From the Fox News Podcasts Network, I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter, and I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to FoxNewsPodcasts.com.
2: The special election night win of Myra Flores of Texas sent shockwaves across the political world. The Republican became the first female Mexican-born member of Congress, and did it in a district that's over 80% Hispanic. With several new Hispanic members of Congress representing the Republican Party, and with Donald Trump getting over 30% of the Hispanic vote in 2020, can Republicans make even more gains in the midterms and what is driving some Latinos
3: to vote Republican? This is a realignment that's been in process for a couple of years.
2: Colin Reed is the co-founder of South Ann Hill Strategies, former campaign manager for Massachusetts Senator Scott Brown, and a Republican strategist.
3: If you look back at the 2020 uh, House of Representatives race when Republicans flipped 15 seats, uh, five of those were uh, candidates who were Hispanic. And you've got folks like Governor Yunkin and uh, uh, Jason Miores down in Virginia, uh, the first Latino AG in the country. So th- this is a trend that, that has been underway, but it's correct to also uh, surmise that it's being supercharged uh, under the Biden administration because uh, uh, Hispanic voters, like everybody else, are getting squeezed harder and harder. uh, And you've got an election coming around the pike in just a few short weeks uh, where these voters are going to be able to make their displeasure felt about their performance in office so far.
2: Now, I was going to I was going to bring that into my next question. You know, what are the issues uh, that you see as winning issues for Republicans uh, and what issues do you Think are kind of maybe might be costly uh, in these upcoming elections when it comes to to swaying Hispanic voters.
3: One of the big things I'm watching is this broader realignment that's happening between the Democratic and the Republican parties. The Democratic Party has increasingly morphed into a party of the coastal elites. There's been less and less outreach to middle and lower class families. Uh, this is the, the party of never-ending lockdowns. This is the party of virtual schools. This is the party uh, that's giving college bailouts to to people with fancy Ivy League degrees. And that's a that's a decision by the, this administration that's continuing to age poorly over time. Uh, there was an estimate that's the new estimates have been revised upwards as to what that's costing folks. I think it's something like $2,500 per person to pay for your neighbors. Uh, Four year degree. Uh, And and, and that's just something that is really, really, really uh, sticking in the craw of a lot of voters, uh, especially those who don't have college degrees, who are out there working every day in jobs they can't do from Zoom, uh, from the comfort of their living room, uh, while ordering Uber Eats and watching Netflix during these uh, never ending lockdowns supported by the Democratic Party and folks like Joe Biden.
2: And when it comes to a race like the one we saw in Texas where Myra Flores was able to win a majority Hispanic district, uh, do you think that is going to be a more common occurrence or do you think that was an anomaly for just one election cycle?
3: Well, remember, uh, President Biden carried Hispanics by a two to one margin in, in 2020, It was 65 to 32 margin, if I'm not mistaken. And there was a poll that came out just this week from Pew that showed his his numbers underwater uh, amongst Hispanic voters, 45, 54. And those trends you've seen early on in these heavily Latino districts in Texas, that history is going to repeat itself in a few weeks because of all of the issues that that are starting to pile up. It's not as though President Biden has suddenly made life easier or made life better for any of those folks who were revolting from in those special elections that we just referenced in Texas. Uh, even just this week, the, the the hostility toward the private sector that President Biden continues to show – he talks about private sector companies blaming oil and gas companies. He talks about them with more disdain than he does some of our foreign enemies and hardworking middle class families who came here, who built, who lived the American dream. This is not the vision supported or by President Biden and the Democratic Party. They are a vision of big government, of handouts, of leveling the playing field. They don't value hard work. And this is why you're seeing this long term realignment from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party uh, among Hispanic voters.
2: And we're also seeing an increase in Hispanic candidates, and that's from both sides of the party. You mentioned a couple from the Republican side uh, earlier, but the Democrats also have a significant number as well. Uh, how do you think that's impacting the conversation here?
3: Well, look, I, I think the Democratic Party has this obsession with uh, r- gender and racial politics, and they increasingly see and judge people uh, by the, the box they check as, as opposed to the candidate they are. And the Republican Party is, is a place that's more welcoming to people who, who, who put forward ideas and offer solutions, and there's certainly a lot of them right now. So the, 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 these, the candidates who are going to win in the midterms are going to be the ones who are actually putting forward practicable solutions and a, a vision for what's what's happening in our country as opposed to just uh, uh, checking a box. And that's 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 what's happening, and that's why you're seeing – Uh, more of these uh, Republican, more of these Hispanic voters being attracted to to Republican candidates.
2: Well, and when you bring up uh, Hispanic voters who might be attracted to Republican candidates, uh, right before we came on for this interview, I was seeing an Emerson College poll uh, looking at the Pennsylvania Senate race, actually showing that uh, Dr. Mehmet Oz outperforming Trump's uh, numbers in terms of the Hispanic demographic, but uh, also neck and neck with John Fetterman there Um, at around like in the 40% range, maybe even higher than that. Uh, Would he be a candidate you think is doing a good job of reaching out to Hispanic voters and and being attractive to them? And is there another candidate you think has done a good job with that on the Republican side?
3: Well, Dr. Oz is certainly a campaign to watch. Uh, He's been campaigning in and around areas like Philadelphia, very diverse, traditionally very Democratic and he's certainly been not taking them for granted. He's been out there working hard for their votes. Well, Republicans are never going to necessarily win the cities and urban areas, but it's about keeping the margins down, especially against a candidate like John Fetterman, whose you know, health issues prevent him from uh, running perhaps the, the campaign that he otherwise might. So, yes, I, I think it's wise and it's smart for Republican candidates everywhere to go and talk to voters about the issues they care about. And it doesn't matter what poll you're looking at. The overriding number one issue is always, at the top, the economy and inflation. Hispanic voters have been hit harder than other groups by the inflationary challenges in this country. Unfortunately, they show no signs uh, of ticking down, despite what President Biden may say in his concerts with James Taylor in the White House lawn. The Inflation and the challenges it brings to people, especially going into these colder months, when everyone's already been stretched thin just to keep gas and groceries. Now you've got to keep your home heated. Uh, That's gonna be an area where I think uh, Republican candidates who offer a clear articulate vision for what they're gonna do to bring these prices down are gonna be rewarded at the ballot box.
2: And so in states that Republicans traditionally have success in, let's talk about Texas as well as Florida, you know, Texas apparently now has a, a, a Hispanic population that's on par with the white population, maybe even more. And uh, Florida's always had a strong Cuban population, and, and the Republicans have usually actually won won that vote. But when you look at California, uh, it always seems to be a little bit of a different story there. You know, what, what is the difference uh, when it comes to the voters in those places uh, when, when you're talking about Hispanic voters? <laughs>
3: For a lot of the folks in Florida, they're very familiar with what socialism means because they've lived either close in close proximity or they've had ancestors or family members who who view socialism in a far different light than, say, what Bernie Sanders or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was, and they've re- they've been repulsed by the Democratic's uh, willingness to entertain this philosophy as something that should be brought here. They fled their homes. They fled their countries because of socialism in many cases, and this idea that you've got a party that's got socialists. Uh, in its in its mix, in, at the, at the very highest and loudest levels, uh, is driving these a lot of these voters back to the re- Republican Party. So that, that's that's certainly one factor. As the more and more that these the Democratic Party uh, is willing to engage and adopt the ideas of socialism, the more and more you're going to see voters who understand socialism through a far different lens turn to the Republican Party for a different point of view.
2: And, and we, when we talk about you know, issues that matter in this election. Obviously, immigration is always going to be one that's talked about. And you see Governor Abbott, as well as Governor DeSantis in Texas and Florida, respectively, sending migrants to different places across the country. What do you what do you how do you think Hispanic voters should view that? And do you think that's a problem or do you think that has been uh, effective?
3: The border issue is certainly something that affects all states of all people, no matter where they live, uh, certainly those who are who are next to the next to a, a, a major border like those folks in Texas are, are going to feel it because it's literally in their backyard and they understand the impact it has on communities and neighborhoods and the, and the security challenges it brings. And certainly President Biden and Kamala Harris to a degree since she is the the border czar have have either they've started off by unrecognized or being unwilling to recognize the problem. And then you've got Vice President Harris out there not too long ago saying the border is secure. People just inherently understand that's not true. And it's a, it's, it's a challenge that they exacerbated by reversing a lot of the previous administration's policies, the Remain in Mexico policy, especially, and just being unwilling to address it. And look, if, if, if you're a politician or a candidate and you're running on an issue that voters say or they're, they're concerned about. And your solution is it's either not a problem or it's addressed. You've got you've got big political problems on your hands.
2: And what do you think uh, Republicans are going to have to do to in terms of messaging to keep improving, uh, gaining more Hispanic Hispanic votes? And also, how do you think that's going to impact the election this November?
3: Make the case loud and clear. The Republican Party is the party of opportunity. It's the party of freedom. It's the party of school choice. It's the party of entrepreneurship and remove the barriers that are preventing too many people from achieving the American dream. Uh, it, it's not a cliche to say the American dream is imperiled right now. And for many of these Latino voters who came here, they came here specifically in pursuit of that. So make the make the case that, that the Democratic Party is the party of socialism, of left-wing extremism, and it's not the, it's not the home for anyone who, who values hard work, entrepreneurship, and uh, financial success.
2: Colin Reed, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we hope to have you back on here in the near future.
3: Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it.
1: Tomorrow on the Fox News Rundown from Washington, another chat with our colleague Chad Pergram about the latest in the halls of Congress. And with midterms fast approaching, Jessica Rosenthal takes a look into Georgia's races and how the state is crucial for control of the Senate. Until then, I'm Kevin Cork. And we thank you for listening to the Fox News Rundown from Washington.
2: From the Fox News Podcasts Network.
3: I'm Janice Dean, Fox News senior meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.